Welcome to Consumer Watchdog's Rage for Justice Report, our weekly conversation about the current issues that we're exposing, confronting, and changing. I'm your host, Carmen Balber, Executive Director of Consumer Watchdog, and with me today is our Kathy Olson patient advocate, Michelle Montserrat Ramos. Hey, Michelle. Hi, Carmen. How's Thank the you. week ending for you? Um, very well. Good. Thank you so much for asking me to join you in our first patient safety podcast of the year. Absolutely. Happy New Year to everyone. Um, and we're starting the year off with a bang uh, with some big news on patient safety and a lot of interesting developments, uh, which is why I asked Michelle to join me today. So um, we've been talking for the uh, life of the podcast about the fact that patients who are harmed by medical negligence, uh, families who lose a loved one to medical negligence can't get justice. Practices aren't changed at hospitals. Patient safety doesn't improve. Um, and we're all at risk because of that. Um, be, and this is you know, due to both the cap on compensation for medical negligence that we've been talking about for a long time now, enacted in 1975 and hasn't increased a dime since then, and the fact that when that law was enacted all the way back in 75, there was a promise that the Medical Board of California would step in and replace the lost accountability of the justice system. And that promise never uh, came to fruition. So interesting news this week, fairly unexpected, I think, for Michelle and I both, um, that the Medical Board came out saying that they were going to propose a host of reforms to the legislature. Um, and Michelle, I bet you're saying, you know, did I hear that right? Is that really what happened? I'm guessing it was a shock to you. It was. Um, it was to me and to many advocates, and it was an echo of it's about time. Yeah, absolutely. It's about time that the medical board acknowledged that what they're doing is not working. So that was that was a that was a positive sign of the announcement that came out. Um, and, you know, we support some of the reforms. So that's yes, part of what we wanted to talk about today. We also want to talk about how it doesn't go far enough and the pitfalls and uh, hurdles that are still in the way for, for, for these proposals and the other things that we think need to be done to, to improve patient through. safety. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So uh, let's break it down, talk about uh, some of the things that were in this reform package. Uh, why don't you start, Michelle? What's one of the big things they propose? Well, should we talk about money? Sure, let's talk about money. Uh, well, very important. Um, this is kind of the basis of why they've come forward a lot of these proposals is because the medical board is out of money. Um, they um, have, um, there is a, a certain amount of funding that they need to have per year and they um, do not have that funding. So there's been a push for years now to increase the physician licensing fees, which the physician board members have been adamantly against. So but, that's a proposal that uh, the board brought forward last year and in prior years, of course, too, where they haven't succeeded. Last year, they asked for a big increase because they don't have the money they need to do their job, and the California Medical Association squashed it. Absolutely. So they're back this year in this proposal saying, no, we really need the money to do our job. And it's interesting because... Uh, on some level, and there's a lot of reasons behind it, but on some level, I think that part of the reason the board has gone into this kind of detail about the reforms that they think they need to better protect patients is almost a justification uh, for getting that for getting that fee increase. Like, look, 
we don't have this money, and these are all the ways we're going to do all the things that we promise we're going to do to make things uh, to make things better. So, and this year the situation was so dire that the auto mechanics had to bail out the doctors with a twelve million dollar loan. Oh my God! I'm sure so. they're good. Good for everyone who needs some oversight of their automatic <laughs> mechanic, right? So thank you, Bureau of Automotive Repair. <laughs> but that will last the board a year. Yeah. So now. You know, they realize that they really have to push for the fee increase that they asked for during Sunset Review. So fee increase, we support it. What's the next thing that the board has proposed? Um, the board has gone back and um, through some of their recommendations that they asked for during Sunset Review and SB 806 that were also squashed. And one of those is um, changing the composition of the board to a public board member majority, which, you know, Carmen, we have really pushed for here at Consumer Watchdog and our team of volunteer advocates have really come forward to push for that change. And that's a really a fundamental change in the uh, context and um, credibility of the board for the public, right? We're talking about flipping the balance of power from the doctors who have for decades now let their colleagues off the hook when they're harming people uh, and turning that over to uh, a public member majority would be the first state in the country, but it's so long overdue. So obviously we support that change. Yes. Um, I will flag that uh, this was a piece of the, of the reform that the board supported last year as well. They didn't speak up too loudly for it in the legislature. And that was a disappointment for, yes. I know, us and the families who have been fighting for this. So a big uh, a litmus test for the medical board is going to be, are they going to stand up for these reforms that they say they support, or are they going to roll over as soon as right. the California Medical Association starts pushing back? Because like of course- during Sunset Review. Exactly. Yeah. This was another one of those things that the CMA squashed and then crowed about it. So- and I have important. to emphasize, I mean, it's important to Consumer Watchdog and our volunteer team of advocates, but the media, the media actually came forward and they pushed for this and legislators have noticed. And so, you know, it's not just a matter of consumers and patients, you know, recognizing the need for this, but legislators and the media have as well. Yeah, and, and really what you're describing, Michelle, is the reason why I think the medical board felt their hand was forced. Did they both have been inundated by uh, patient testimony and complaints for more than two years now on these topics, but also they are getting intense scrutiny in the legislature, in the court of public opinion. The LA Times has done a series of damning investigations into their failures to protect the public from bad doctors. So all of these things uh, have really uh, kind of turned the, the heat up to a boil point for the medical Absolutely. board. So they've had to come forward and say, you're right, we're not doing a good job. Here's how we're going to make change. So a surprise for us, but those are the reasons behind it, right? Um, so there's a lot in their proposal. Yes. We don't have time to talk about it all. I want to, and we can work some of the other ones in, but I want to flip to maybe something that uh, the public has proposed for years that they didn't propose in this um, in, in in these changes. So, what would you pick out of, of of those proposals that aren't here that we should be seeing? Well, one of the things that has really um, been a concern with advocates that have been um, approaching the board for years in their public comment is um, families and complainants not having any input into their consumer complaints. And um, 
basically a family or complainant files a complaint and they have no input whatsoever um, unless it gets uh, directed to a field office and they're um, interviewed by an investigator, but that's it. They rely on these form letters that the board is not sending and um, the stats show that 90% of complaints are dismissed at the central complaint unit. And um, it's a problem. It's a Big huge problem. problem. And advocates have been coming forward for years complaining to the board, you know, asking for these changes, and it hasn't happened. So a big gap in what the board has proposed is this uh, public-facing changes that would make the system both more understandable and more accountable to the people who are complaining. Yes. And, you know, just to put a fine point on what Michelle is uh, talking about, if you don't know what the central complaint unit is, those are the people who, those are the people who handle the complaint when it first comes in. And most patients, as Michelle said, 90% of cases are dismissed be in that unit, which means the patient is never interviewed. That means they submit a complaint, maybe they uh, submit just partial information because everybody would expect that if you go to the police, if you go to a school administrator, if you go to a regulator and say there's a problem here, they're going to ask you some questions about what happened, but instead those are closed without interviews. So that interview is a key piece of uh, definitely of of what uh, I would say is missing. One thing that they did propose, um, I'd like to like your thoughts on this, Michelle, is patient access to the enforcement files of their own records. So right now, if a patient says, hey, I want the record of my complaint, the only thing they get is the documents they gave the board, which is just totally absurd. So yes. the board is proposing to allow them the whole file, their whole medical, the medical file pertaining to them. Right. And that's been an issue because um, sometimes families submit medical records, and they're not the same medical records that the board is getting. Exactly. You know, when they when they sign the release to release those records, and families don't know. Complainants have no idea. And the bottom line is, is once you get to a point where there is an investigation, and once the physician is interviewed. Um, the board takes that interview and moves forward, and family has no other input. The board in the takes the doctor's word for the situation, whatever is in the doctor's records. And, you know, we've seen this in so many complaints where the doctor changes the medical records, the doctor lies in the medical records. It happens more often than you think when it reaches a board disciplinary action, and there's no way for the public to know unless they can see those records. So that's an important change. And part of the problem is, is that when you find yourself in a situation, um, usually a family leaves let's say a hospital, with no answers. You know, they're left with a mystery. And a lot of families, especially our volunteer families, you know, they really investigate their cases similar to what I did. And they end up obtaining additional information that they didn't have when they filed their complaint. Right. Even if it gets to, you know, investigative phase information they didn't have then. But there is no, there's no... Um, process right now for these families complainants to submit that information to the board. So and that's another gap. Absolutely. And it's, it doesn't just help the complainant. It actually makes the process more effective. It makes the board job, mm -hmm. board's job easier because absolutely. the family is doing the investigation uh, on behalf of the board so they can do their job better. So uh, a gap in another gap in what the board has proposed, you know, a big one that I just think is so important 
um, is uh, the public's right to know about the actions that the board has already taken. Uh, some of the attention has been on the fact that repeat offenders keep harming people in the community, and we've got countless stories of that happening. But right now, if your doctor is on probation for killing someone, for disabling someone for life because of their error, their negligence, they don't have to tell you about it. No. Uh, you have to uh, have the super secret insider knowledge that there's a website online that you can go and search a doctor's record and then read a 50-page legal complaint to figure out what they might have been disciplined for. Um, big gap in what the board has proposed is public's right to know if their doctor has been disciplined for medical negligence. Absolutely. And that's one big thing that we would like to see too. So that brings me uh, to the CMA, um, who is the reason these kinds of reforms have not passed the legislature for many, many years. Usually it's not the board, board supporting them, um, but uh, the CMA is time and again the reason we don't get these changes passed. Um, but they're, I think they're feeling the heat too. They've gotten... Yeah, they've gotten incredible scrutiny um, uh, by the news media for standing in the way of common sense uh, patient safety reforms, uh, including the public member majority, including a patient right to know if their doctor has harmed someone. Um, and I think because they're feeling the heat, uh, they jumped at the opportunity to um, grab some low-hanging fruit in this debate. Um, okay. Michelle, tell us what that is. Um. This is the, this is the um, legislation uh, that they are supporting to prohibit doctors who have been convicted of sexually abusing a patient right. uh, of getting their license back. Right. Um, I would agree with you, Carmen. I think they, they were really forced to do that because of all the media coverage. Right. You know, the Times investigations, et cetera. And um, they've um, come forward with a bill you know, to um, with some consumer protections for those patients that have um, experienced and had to endure sexual misconduct from their doctors. Um, there's been a lot of focus recently on sexual misconduct in the media, and um, we absolutely agree it's needed, and it's needed in other areas like you mentioned as well, you know, in terms of... Um, gross medical negligence, et cetera. You know, it's, um, there's not enough information that we cannot have at our fingertips in terms of, you know, the background of our doctors and the process, you know, in our um, medical offices. Right. Um, you know, for me, it's obviously horrific. Um, wrong, should never happen, should never be countenanced uh, for a doctor uh, to sexually abuse a patient, to have sex with a patient, uh, to threaten a patient if they uh, try to reveal that kind of conduct. This should never happen in a doctor's office. It's, it, it's um, uh, counter to all of our fundamental beliefs. Um, but this is obvious. It is a no-brainer that such doctors shouldn't be practicing. It is a no-brainer that if you harmed a patient, especially sexual abuse, that you shouldn't be practicing again. Um, the fact that we even need a law to say this is frankly a little offensive, but obviously we do. So while it is wonderful that lawmakers have come forward with a proposal to do this, and you know, good that the CMA is proposing it, 
it's not the patient safety reform uh, that we need in California to protect patients. It's not enough. And the CMA cannot count on, and both the media and lawmakers cannot let them off the hook for supporting the desperately needed reforms of the whole system, uh, including reforming the medical board and reforming the medical negligence cap, just because they've agreed that doctors who assault their patients shouldn't get to practice again. Duh, we all know that, right? So, uh, you know, there's probably 15 other proposals the board came out with. We've got another 15. But if you were to pick one more thing to talk about, Michelle, what would it be? Um, well, one of the things that um, is on the board's proposal, actually, is, is changing um, the amount of time that the, a physician is allowed um, to come back if a physician has um, lost their license due to surrender mm-hmm. or revocation. And at this point, a doctor who surrenders his license can come back and reapply for his license within two years. Mm-hmm. And um, if they lose their license by revocation, they can come back in three years. And that really shocks most people. Right. You know, because they feel that if they lost their license, it's forever, you know, and it's not. So the medical board has come forward and they've increased that time by three years for surrender and five years for revocation. But I really feel in some cases, you know, where you have a repeat offender, like we have in some of our cases, um, there shouldn't be that option. Right. You know, if, if, if there's a physician that's been harming patients for over 20 years, they shouldn't have that option. So that's, that's a perfect challenge to the CMA and the sponsors of uh, that legislation to prevent doctors who are convicted of sexual abuse from re- getting their licenses reinstated. How about amending that legislation to require any doctor who has been found to have killed a patient uh, also can't get their license back or killed a patient three times, uh, you know, had, convicted of medical negligence three times. This happens all the time. We have multiple repeat offenders. In fact, they are the ones doing most of the harm. Most doctors are great doctors. Might make a small mistake, but most doctors are not harming us. It's the repeat offenders who are the biggest danger to the public. Why don't we make sure they can't get their licenses back either? I agree. That would be an an important change. So, Michelle, I thought we might be able to do this quickly, but obviously we can't. There's so much to talk about. So I will just, you know, remind folks that uh, we'll keep talking about this uh, on the Rage for Justice report. This is, um, frankly, all of these proposals are just a letter from the medical board to the legislature right now. We'll have our own letter proposing the changes that uh, we think need to take happen. Then legislation will occur. So this is a long process. Um, And at the same time, we have the Fairness Act on the ballot in November to update the cap. So patients can get their own level of justice and accountability and change practices. So obviously we'll be talking about this all year. Uh, It's going to be an exciting year, Carmen. Absolutely. Uh, But thanks for all the insight into these proposals, Michelle. Thank you. Um, Thanks for helping me uh, lay it all out. And thanks to everyone for tuning in. Uh, If you're interested, make your New Year's resolution to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a thing on all the developments uh, coming up with this legislation in the coming year. I'm Carmen Balber, and this has been the Rage for Justice Report.